Well, hello again. It's good to be with you once again, Pastor Gus Brown from Akron Alliance Fellowship Church. Boy, I hope that you had a wonderful, wonderful Good Friday. Um, just a remembrance of our Lord going to the cross for us and a time to reflect that he's also risen for us and he sits at the right hand of the Father. So I hope that you had a wonderful Good Friday service at your church. I hope those who went with us from Akron Lions Fellowship over to Riverside Alliance that they may have had a wonderful experience with the presence of God. Uh, when we meet together as saints, I hope that we meet with a anticipation of desiring the presence of God, wanting to know his presence, that he's there with us. And uh, I believe that he really met us Friday night at Riverside Alliance Church, and I thank them for hosting five other churches there at their church. And uh, we had a wonderful fellowship dinner afterwards, and uh, it was just excellent. And I just praise God uh, that the family of God can every now and, and, and again get together, get out of our own little church walls and our own little thing and and get to meet some brothers and sisters in the Lord. It's great. But we're still on this subject of the rapture. And uh, the purpose of today's message is basically to see, can we tie in the Lord's Last Supper, the communion service, and some things that Jesus said along the way, can we tie them in to understand the rapture and the second coming? Without the resurrection, without Jesus being alive today, there could not be a rapture or a second coming of the Lord. But because we believe he lives, we also believe that there's going to be a rapture of the church and that there's going to be a second coming of him when he plants his feet on earth. Uh, one, the rapture is when we meet him in the air. He will not touch earth. His second coming, what makes it so different is that he does touch earth. And, um, but neither one of those is significant if you don't believe in the resurrection. Because it's through the resurrection of Jesus Christ we look with anticipation of his coming. And I want us to really take a moment and, and let's look at that and and just understand that, yeah, Without his resurrection, there would be no rapture. There would be no second coming. So we really want to take a look at that. So let's pray and, and we're going to dive into it. 
Father, we want to thank you and praise you, Lord, for your loving kindness unto us. And we thank you, Lord, for constantly teaching us, ministering to us, allowing your Holy Spirit to open our hearts and our eyes to new thoughts throughout your scripture. We may have read your scripture over and over and over again, but yet, Lord, your Holy Spirit can continue to bring something new and exciting to our eyes and to our hearts. And we pray for that one right now who might hear this message, who may not believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, that, Lord, as they hear, that something, Lord, would move them towards our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For he died for our sins, and he rose for our justification, and he's coming back to receive us unto himself. Lord, would you minister to us, whether believer or non-believer. We need you to speak into our lives, and we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, Jesus in the New Testament kept sharing with his disciples that he is going to return. He is going to come forth from the grave in three days, and that he would return. Now, just think about those men hearing that for the first time, that someone who was going to be put to death, who was going to come forth from the grave, and later on would come back again. That is kind of hard to accept, to believe. And I imagine the disciples, if they were just like us, that... uh that was hard to accept. But yet, I thank God that he revealed himself to them. And as they struggled, we also struggle. Let's not think that we don't. Uh, many of us struggle with the issue, will he come back again? Uh, did he really come forth from the grave? And let me share something with you. I wasn't there when he died on the cross. Neither were you. Many of us who believe today, we were not there. So we only have two elements to help us to believe. One is the scripture. And we're going to bring that out just a little bit more as we go through this. That the word of God is truth. And secondly, the Holy Spirit dwelling in us and proving to us that very existence of Jesus Christ. By the way in which he speaks to us, he changes our life, and how he brings scripture to life for us. The scriptures and the Holy Spirit. And we need to truly depend on both the Word of God and the Spirit of God. Without those two elements in our lives, we have nothing but a manly, a human belief. But because of those two elements, it takes us far beyond a manly or a human type of belief, but really into a divine belief 
that only God himself is able to truly demonstrate and prove to an individual that they're saved according to the scriptures through Jesus Christ. Now, we know that the men did not run to the grave. They did not go. It was the women who went. And after the women reported, then the men went. But you say, well, where were the men? The men were in hiding. They were in fear. So they were behind locked doors because of what the Pharisees and the other Jewish brothers may have done to them because of this person, Jesus Christ, and whom they followed, who they were a disciple of. And there were those who wanted the name of Jesus to be silent and to not to be spoken in public. But after the evidence of the resurrection, these men began to share Jesus Christ more and more. And truly, when you are one that is born from above, not just quote-unquote religious, but is born from above, you seek out ways also to share Jesus Christ by your life, by how you live, but every opportunity that you have to share with somebody the love of Christ. Now, like the disciples, many of us today in the church, we have problems maybe believing. And one of the reasons I think we do have problems believing because we're not in the Word of God. We're not in the scriptures. Because if we get into the scriptures, and the more you're in the word of God, the more you're in the Bible, the more the Holy Spirit begins to make things real to you through the scriptures. And he only speaks, in a sense, through scripture. Now, I'm not saying that's the only way he speaks, but mainly he speaks through scripture. And he speaks to us even throughout the day, reminding us of Scripture. He helps us to gurgitate it, to think it through again and again and again. And He poses questions to us, and we have to go look and see. It's amazing how he works in our life because he wants us to learn of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he's there to teach us. But the Scripture tells us he is risen. He is risen. And again, I will say, yes, today in America, even among Christians, they struggle with that. And if you struggle with that, then you're going to struggle with the rapture and the second coming of Christ. Because if he is not risen, then none of the other really matters. But turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 2. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 2, because Paul's going to share something here with us that we need to take to heart and we need to understand it. And he says, by this gospel, you are saved. 
By this gospel, we are saved. By the life, death, burial, resurrection of Christ, we are saved. By this gospel, we are saved. And he goes on and he says, By this gospel, ye are saved. If you hold firmly, Excuse me. He says, if you hold. If. Don't lose sight of this gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. His life, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Don't lose sight of that. Keep that in forefront with everything that you believe. Because if you believe (coughs) Jesus is risen, everything you believe is based on that. Standing back. And again he says, if you hold firmly to the words I preach. And Paul says, the words that I preach to you, the words that I shared with you, if you hold firmly, if you don't lose sight of them, if you don't Go off into something else. Stay in the scriptures. Stay with the Lord Jesus Christ. Stay with his word. Allow the Holy Spirit to teach you and to guide you. And he says, hold firmly to the word. Hold firmly to it. Stay close to the word of God. Allow it to penetrate your heart, your mind, your life. And he says, The words that I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. Otherwise you have believed in vain. That none of this other stuff matters then. The rapture, the second coming, the judgment seat of Christ, the white throne judgment. None of that matters. It's all future in a sense. But if we don't believe, Paul says, it's in, it's in vain. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. If you don't really hold to what he has shared with us and what scripture shares with us and you truly believe it. He says, otherwise, you believed in vain. It's empty. There's nothing there. But I want us to just look at Scripture because it's important that we look at the Scriptures. Because the Scriptures are going to help clarify things for us. Now go into verse 4. Look, Listen to what he says in verse 4. That he was buried, that he was raised. That he was buried. Now you don't bury a living person. So it doesn't have to put the word there. He died. The assumption is that he is dead. And he's buried. That he was raised. On the third day. Now now listen to this also. Don't lose sight of this according to the scriptures. 
that he was buried. One, you just don't bury nothing. You do bury a body. If you bury a body, that body once had life in it. So Jesus lived. Now he's dead. Now the burial. And then the scripture says he was raised on the third day. He was raised on the third day. According to scriptures. According to scriptures. He was raised the third day. According to scripture. Not according to the opinion of man or what man thought or or what man may have believed or not believed, but according to the scriptures, according to what he said and what this word of God says. That's what took place. Go over to Matthew 17. <clears throat> because again now, we want to base everything on scripture and what scripture is telling us. So in Matthew 17, there's something that Jesus says, and we need to pick it up. 17 in verses 22, 23, 17, 22, 23. He says, now let me get there. When they had came together in Galilee, he said to them, who's the them? The The disciples. Jesus is with his disciples. And when they came together in Galilee, he said to them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. Many people know the story of Judas or the name of Judas, someone who betrays. And Judas betrayed our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He's the one who sold him for 30 pieces of silver. He's the one who sat down and ate with him and yet betrayed him, and betrayed him with a kiss. And it goes on and it says, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him. Now, Scripture doesn't take light of that. It makes it very clear. They will kill him. He will die. He dies for our sins. He dies in our place. For the wages of sin is death. And he took that death that should have been my death upon himself. That the sting of death, there's no sting anymore there for the Christian who truly believes in Jesus Christ. Because the scripture says, oh death, where is your sting? It's it's gone. It's gone. There's a rejoicing at this time of death for the Christian. Why? He's absent from the body and he's present with the Lord. He's no longer here. But he's with his Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And he goes on and he shares with us. They will kill him. And on the third day, there's the scripture. On the third day, He will be raised to life. Now that's so important to connect with the rapture and second coming. If he did not come forth from that grave, there could not be a rapture. There could not be a second coming. It's important that we tie that together. 
because we have to believe in the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to believe that there's going to be a rapture, that he's going to take us up one day, he's going to meet us in the air, and that there's going to also be a second coming, that he's going to come and judge this world. He rose the third day. He rose the third day. And because he rose, I can anticipate if he comes and takes his church out of this sinful world, that I'll be taken up. The scriptures call it caught up. You won't find the word rapture in the Bible, but caught up in the air to meet him. And then I can also believe in the second coming when he's going to come and judge this world. And he says, they will kill him, and on the third day he will be raised to life, according to the scriptures of what we read in 1 Corinthians 15. In chapter, in chapter 2 and 4 and in, in verses 2 and 4 that it's all according to scripture. Now turn over to Matthew 26 with me, just a few pages over if, you're, if you have your Bible open. Go over to Matthew 26 and go to verse 22 and 23. I'm, I'm sorry, 29. 26, 29. And uh, I want you to catch what he's going to say here again because he's speaking and listen to what he says. He's having uh, the Passover dinner with his disciples. But see if you can catch again this connection between resurrection, rapture, and second coming. He says in verse 28, I'm sorry, in verse 29, he says, I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day until what day until that day I drink it anew with you in my father's kingdom now he's not talking about an earthly thing here he's talking about a heavenly kingdom that we're going to be with him in a heavenly kingdom how is that going to take place the rapture. The rapture. And he makes them a promise. I tell you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine. And he gave them a cup. And they drank together. And it was wine. And it says, then he took the cup and gave them and offered it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. He's dead. He's in the grave. He's risen from the grave. He's resurrected. He's caught up into heaven. 
and his promise is one day he's going to drink this drink anew with us in his father's kingdom. Boy, the rapture. The rapture. And something's going to take place during that time in the time that he comes back the second time. But his promise is that he will not drink of this drink until he do it with us on that day in his father's kingdom. Now, that's just amazing there. Now, go over to Matthew 16, 21. Just a couple pages back, 16, 21. Again, he's with his disciples. The reason I'm taking time to go through this, because again, in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 4, according to what? According to the scriptures. That he would rise. That he would come forth from that grave. And it's according to the scriptures. And we want to see that constantly. So in Matthew 16, 21, listen to what he says again. For that, for that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem. Now he's telling them the future of what's going to take place. Man didn't know the future. But Jesus knew the purpose for which he came. He came to die for sinful man. And he came to pay that debt for each and every one of us. He tasted death for us. He paid the penalty of my sin to set me free from sin. And he says, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders and chief priests and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed. So we need to understand, the scripture constantly tells us he's going to be what? Killed. That he's going to die. But it also constantly tells us that he will come forth from the grave. Again, he says, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. So the scripture is telling us that yes, he's going to die. He's going to be killed. But on the third day, he's what? He's going to come forth from the grave. He's going to come forth from the grave. And that's so important for us to hang on to. Because, see, if we don't hold to the resurrection, trying to believe in the rapture and second coming of Christ does not make any sense at all. But only because we believe in the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ do we look for him. To meet us in the air. Go with me to John real quick. John 14. I want you to hear what Jesus says. And as we go through this series on the rapture and the second coming. You're going to hear this verse over and over again. So you may want to mark it. Because we're going to keep talking about it. Because it's pertinent. is part of it, and we need to understand it. And he says in 14.1, 1, 
Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Trust in me. Trust in who? Jesus. Now, a lot of people sometimes bypass that. They'll trust in God, but not Jesus. Well, you can't just trust in the Father and not trust in Jesus. Because the way in which you're going to know the Father is through Jesus. And the way you're really going to get to know Jesus is through the Father and the Holy Spirit. Through this word. And he says, trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back. I will what? I'll come back. Well, dead people that you put in the grave, they don't come back, do they? Unless they've risen from the grave. And that's the point that Jesus is making over and over again. Yes, they're going to kill me. Yes, I'm going to die. But I'm coming back. I'm going to come forth from the grave. And he's alive. He's alive. Ladies and gentlemen, he is alive. And again, he says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. And Jesus already told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way. So that whole process in verse 6, he explains it. And he allows you to know, no one can come to the Father except through him. That's all. But again, he emphasizes that he's alive and that he's going to come back. Yes, I'm going to be killed. Yes, I'm going to be put into a tomb. Yes, I'm going to rise on the third day. And yes, one day I'm coming for my bride, the church. And I'm going to meet you in the air. And we're going to have our little time together. And that's another whole study. But after that, he says, I'm coming again, which we call the second coming, to judge this world. All that is going to take place because he came forth from the grave. Now, turn with me to Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And uh, I want you to catch what he's going to be saying to the people. Because a lot of us is in this same arena as these individuals may have been. He does not want us to be ignorant. He wants us to truly hold to the scriptures. And to believe the scriptures. And he wants us to believe that he is alive and he came forth from that grave. Now, I want you to listen to what Paul's going to say in 13 and 14. And really catch 
the area where Paul really emphasizes what we ought to believe. He says, brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who have fallen asleep or those who are dead. Those who have died and gone on before us who are in the Lord Jesus Christ, who died believing in Christ. And there's many, many people in Nigeria. There's many people in China. There's many people in Japan. There's many people here in America. There's many people all over this world who have died in Jesus Christ. And what he wants us to know They've fallen asleep. He says, Or to grieve like the rest of men and have no hope. Now, what is this hope? This hope is in that resurrection of Jesus. Just like Jesus came forth from the grave, so shall we come forth from the grave. And I know somebody right now is scratching their head. But that's what he doesn't want us to be ignorant about. That because we believe in him, <clears throat> he is our resurrection. He is my resurrection. That I'm going to come forth from that grave. <coughs> Excuse me. And... He wants us to believe that. We're not like the world who have no hope. We have a future. We have a sure future with Jesus Christ. And we're going to live with him. Just like he said in John 14. In his father's house are many, many rooms. And we have a place where we're going. And we need to understand that. There's a place where we are going. And it's not hell. It's heaven. And somebody may say, well, where's heaven? And my answer to that is simply this, where Jesus is. Because that's who I'm going to be with. Because he said he's going to come and receive me unto himself. And he goes on, he says, <clears throat> we believe. Now catch that. Don't just throw that off. I want you to look at what Paul says, what he and the others believe, because he's using the plural word, we. Him, the other disciples, the other believers. He says, we believe that Jesus died. So it's just not one person believing. It's many other people believing that Jesus died. And he says, we believe that Jesus died and rose again. We believe he died when we believe he rose again. And so we believe, now catch this, because this is where we put it together. Easter, his death, his burial, his resurrection, 
now this rapture or the church being caught up, we put it together here now. He says, because I believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep or those who had died before us. We're still living. The Thessalonians are still living at that point. But those who had died before them, and they're wondering, where are they? What will happen to them if they're not there when the rapture takes place? And Paul's going to educate them and give them the information that they have need of, that those people will be caught up first, even before those who are living and yet still alive will be caught up. Those who have fallen asleep in Jesus or who have died in Jesus and their body is in the grave, that they will now be caught up with Jesus in the air to be reunited with their souls. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. The soul goes directly to God. The body's in that grave and one day it's going to be resurrected in a new body. And that soul would once again be housed in that body. And he goes on, he says, And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus, when Jesus comes back at the rapture, not second coming, but rapture. When Jesus comes back, the only way, only way Jesus can come back if he came forth from that grave. But he, scripture again is confirming that Jesus is coming back. And because he was resurrected, he came forth from that grave, he's coming back, and because we believe that he died and rose, Paul says, Jesus, those who have fallen asleep in him, according to the Lord's own word, will tell you what we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, to what? The coming of the Lord. There's a, there's a possibility that we might see Christ in this lifetime and we're caught up in this lifetime. And I know some are going to say, boy, preachers have been preaching that and that's been said. We don't know the day or the hour. And that's why it's a possibility. Because we don't know that day or that hour in which that's going to take place. Well, you can be assured of one thing. Because he came forth from his grave and he lives, one day it's going to happen. In my lifetime, in my son's lifetime, maybe in his kid's lifetime. But whenever it does happen, the key question is this. Are you ready? Do you believe? Look what Paul says. Those who believe that he died and rose again. Do you really believe in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you really believe that he's alive today? Do you really believe that the rapture can take place and that he will meet you in the air and somehow he will just catch you up Boy, there's a lot here in this scripture. 
The question is, do we believe it? And a lot of those who say that they are Christians, they're so busy living this life in this world. I don't know if they truly believe this. Because when you have this hope in you that Christ can come anytime, according to 1 John 3, it says, He purifies you. It's a cleansing effect because you're looking for Him. It didn't say you'll live perfectly, but it does something in your life where that you are watching and looking and hoping. This is the day. And if you get another day, praise God. If you get another day, praise God. You're still looking. You're still waiting. And you're still believing. Remember what we read in 1 Corinthians 15 too? If you hold fast, you're holding fast to the scriptures. You're holding fast to Jesus Christ. As we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him, according to the Lord's own words. We tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. And that's where Paul then corrects them, and he would not have them to be ignorant that those who have died in the Lord, they will be caught up first in the air to be with Jesus Christ. And that's only made possible because of the resurrection. That's only made possible because he literally died for our sins, and he arose on the third day exactly according to what Scripture said, that he will be able to meet us in the air. Now, the whole process is that believing. We believe. What is it that you believe? What is it that you truly believe? Now, you you may say, I believe. Now, my second question is this. What is it based on? Is it only based on your thoughts, your opinions, what you think of something? Is it based on somebody else's philosophy or what somebody else said? Or is it really based on the scripture? And somebody will say, well, men wrote that. And yet in the scripture, it says all of this is God breathed. God breathed. Every word. Is God breathed? And yes, man wrote it, and that's why we have these different authors and so forth. But they says in Peter that they were carried along by the Holy Spirit to write these things that God would have them to write. I want to challenge you. Get in this scripture for yourself. Get into the scriptures for yourself. And as you get into the scripture, you pray this little prayer. Lord, if this be true, allow your Holy Spirit to convict my heart. Lord, if this is true, allow him to teach me from it. 
and see what happens. Because the Holy Spirit is a good teacher, and he'll teach you. He'll convict you also, according to this word. I have that much faith in this Bible, in these scriptures, and in the person of the Holy Spirit, that if you get in here and study it for yourself, don't have to believe what Pastor Brown says or anybody else. You get into the Word of God, and it's going to affect your life, and it's going to change you. It has that kind of power. It has that kind of power. If you have a sincere heart and honestly say to God, God, if you're real, I want to know you. He'll reveal himself to you. He'll do that. And if you truly believe that God brought him forth from the grave, you can look with anticipation of meeting him in the air, being caught up in the rapture with the rest of the saints. Now, let's take another step. I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 26. Chapter 11, verse 26. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 11, and go to verse 26. And this is the Lord's Supper again. But I want you to hear what Paul is going to say. And maybe we need to uh, go up just a couple of verses Go up to verse 23 in chapter 11. Listen to what Paul is going to say here. Paul says this. What happened here? Oh, I don't know what happened, but it was there. And I am trying to stop it. And I uh, hope I don't lose you. And, uh, boy, I don't know what I touched. Didn't touch anything, and yet it just jumped again. So, But, again, back to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Sorry for that little commercial, that interruption. But I want you to really catch this truth. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 23, it says, For I received from the Lord. Look where Paul says, I received this from. I received it from the Lord. What I also now pass on to you. I received something from the Lord. I pass it on to you. Not something that I just came up with. Uh, it's just not a new ideal that I came up with or thought about. But it comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. It's what he has shared with me. And Paul says, now I have the responsibility of sharing it with you. And I have that responsibility of sharing it with you. Why? I believe it. And anyone who believes it has the responsibility of sharing it with you, whether you be a Christian or a non-Christian. Well, you say, well, 
If you're sharing it with a Christian, we encourage one another. We encourage one another. And we learn from each other as the Holy Spirit ministers to us. To the non-believer, we're sharing it with them maybe for the first time that they're really hearing it. Not that they may not have heard it before, but now they're hearing it with the Holy Spirit speaking directly to them. And it has a different effect. He says, for I received from the Lord. So he lets us know where he's getting his information from. What I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this. Now listen to what he said. Do this in remembrance of me. Every time we have communion service, we do it for the purpose of remembering our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To remember his death and how he died. To remember what took place on that cross. To remember that he was put in a tomb. To remember that he rose on the third day, just like he said. He rose, he came forth from that tomb on the third day, according to Scripture. And he says, <clears throat> he goes on, he says in verse 24, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant of my blood. Do this whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me. It's always taking us back, what? To the reflection of the past of Jesus. Now what I want you to catch is this. Not only does the communion remind us of the past, but it tells us also to look to the future, to what's coming. For he says <clears throat> in verse 29, he says, 26, I'm sorry, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. Get this down. Don't let it floor you. Until he comes. You're proclaiming that he did die. Didn't say he arose because for him to come, you have to believe that he was resurrected, that he rose from the grave until he comes, pointing towards the future. The rapture, the second coming that those things are going to take place based on the very fact that he came forth from the tomb. Yes, he died. Yes, he was put in a tomb. But on the third day, according to scripture, he rose. Praise God. He rose. He came forth from that grave. And because of that, as Paul said, we can look forward to his coming to meet him in the air. 
Now come over to Acts chapter 1 and verse 11. And we just go a little bit further here. And we're just about ready to close out. But in Acts chapter 1 and verse 11, listen to what the angels are going to say to the men because we we get caught up with something we don't know what to do and we're so profound in what's taking place we're kind of lost in it for a moment but listen to what the angels say and this is speaking to us also i'm not to just sit around looking up no in my mind i have it yes i could be caught up anytime rapture could take place anytime Yes, I am looking for Jesus to come, but I'm not walking outside with my head up and not watching where I'm going. I anticipate his coming, but I'm also involved in everyday life. I'm involved in everyday life. I'm living life. I'm not living life this way, blinded to what is taking place in this world. Yet I am anticipating the coming of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Why I am participating in everyday life. Listen to what he says in verse 11. Men of Galilee, they said, speaking of the angels, why do you stand here looking into the sky? Don't you have something else to do? Jesus was about his father's business. Shouldn't we be about the business of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? We know what's going to take place. But we should be busy, not just sitting in churches or or, or just sitting someplace and thinking, oh boy, today is the day, today is the day, today is the day. No. Even in my busyness, I'm still saying, Today is the day. I could be talking with somebody and I'm going to be caught up in the air. I'm going to be doing something and I could be caught up. But I'm at work for my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm witnessing. I'm doing some kind deed. I'm encouraging someone. I'm still participating in life. You go to work every day. A lot of Christians go to work every day. But one day they might be absent from that job. They may have clocked in, but they won't clock out. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way. You have seen him go into heaven. Boy, what a confirmation. What a reassurance. He's coming back. Get busy with life. Live life. He wants you to do that. He wants you to live for Jesus Christ. He wants you to enjoy life. He wants you to have peace in life. He wants you to be involved with other people because that's the only way people are going to see the real Christ in us as we participate in everyday life. 
And yet, we're involved in life with the desire of seeing our Lord and Savior come. And as Revelation says, our low prayer is, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come quickly. Why? I want to go home. I want to be with him. That's what I'm living for, to be with him. Are you living in such a manner that your life is saying you want to be with Jesus? And yet knowing it's more expedient right now for you to be here. That's why we are here. And he hasn't taken us as Christians. Because it's more expedient for us to be here doing what we're doing, his work. And glorifying his heavenly father, our heavenly father. Allowing the Holy Spirit to work through us. But there's going to come that day, either by death itself or by being caught up with him, that I'm going to see him face to face. Are you ready for such a moment? Are you ready for such a time? Let me just say to you again in closing, if there is no resurrection, as Paul says, we are men who should be pitied. Because our belief, our faith, is all in vain. It's empty. But because of the resurrection, I look forward to being caught up with my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because of his resurrection, I can say absent from the body and present with the Lord. It is because of his resurrection I know the rapture will take place and his second coming will take place. And everything that the scriptures have declared will one day unfold before our very eyes because he is alive and he's living. And all that he has stated will be fulfilled because he lives. He lives. He came forth from that tomb that we could be assured of our own resurrection. And I want you to have that assurance that if Jesus was to come at any moment, that you would be caught up. You would be caught up in the air to meet him. Or if you were to die, that you could truly say, absent from the body and present with the Lord. And you know that. Paul says, we believe that he died and he rose. Do you really believe that? Do you really in your heart, seriously, believe it. And if you don't, would you just pray with me? Lord Jesus, I am troubled in heart. Lord, I do have trouble believing 
But would you allow your Holy Spirit to convict me, O God, of truth of your word? Would you bring me out of my darkness and into your marvelous light? Would you transform my life that I can truly say, Abba, Father, and I can look forward with a joy and a peace of the coming of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, forgive me of my sin. Save me to the uttermost. And Lord, I'll give you praise and glory. Now, Father, if one prayed that, would you, O God, intervene? Would you speak to their hearts? And Lord, I thank you for your word, that your word assures us that Jesus Christ came forth from the grave and he's coming back again. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you and may God keep you. And as a friend used to say, if I don't see you soon, I'll see you in the air. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.